I'm trying to be an inspiration to women. I'm trying to stimulate a discussion about women in their 60s, 70s. Well, you know, coming up to your 60s as well. Don't think when you're you're approaching the 60s, it's suddenly all going to stop. It just gets better and better and better. So I think we need to have as much conversation like the menopause. Nobody talked about it. Welcome back to Head Right Out. And if you're new here, I really hope that you're going to enjoy the show and that you find it useful. My name is Zoe Langley Wathen, and I am bringing you this podcast in the hope that it will spark enough warmth in an old idea to ignite into a renewed passion to follow your dreams, to head right out of your comfort zone, and to work on strengthening your resilience. Today, I am talking to an inspiring woman who has been through so much and yet now is not only living her best life into retirement, she's on a mission to encourage others to do that too and to understand that growing old is great and not something to be feared. Siobhan Daniels retired from the BBC two years ago after a 30-year career working as a reporter, presenter and producer in local news. Her life's roller coaster involved being a single mum, taking a gap year from work to backpack solo around the world, suffering burnout, ageism and workplace bullying, all whilst dealing with grief and menopause. Drawing on her experiences of adventure at 49, Siobhan began planning her way out in a motorhome. Before we get into the episode, If I could just ask you, please, please, to follow, rate and review the show. And don't forget to share it with a friend. Every listener who shares is adding to the domino effect of passing on the inspiration and helping Head Right Out to develop and grow even further. I'm aiming to reach 2,000 downloads across the 26 countries of listenership by the end of January. Together, I think we can do this. So let's hop over into that conversation with Siobhan. So today I am chatting with someone whose book I would love to rip a gazillion leaves from. Her name is Siobhan Daniels, and she is a woman who is challenging ageist attitudes and promoting pro-aging. Now, In 2019, Siobhan sold her belongings. She bought a motorhome and embarked on a solo trip around Great Britain. She's now passionately championing positive ageing, constantly calling out ageism and ageist stereotypes. And she refuses to accept the narrow stereotypes of retired women. Oh, go Siobhan, that sounds brilliant. So Siobhan now uses her blog, her Instagram and published articles and public speaking activities to challenge and change the narrative around ageing, to inspire as many women as possible to step out of their comfort zone and follow their retirement dreams. Since Siobhan embarked on this journey, having taken early retirement herself at aged 60, she has had to face her fears, weather severe storms and of course there were the pandemic challenges. 
but she can't emphasize enough how fantastic this experience makes her feel fully alive, in control, at one with nature, and totally, totally inspired to get her message out there to young and old to embrace aging. Oh my gosh. Welcome, Siobhan. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that's that is amazing. So tell us what has driven you to challenge positive aging? There must be something that's been the catalyst in all of this. Whoa, there's all sorts of things really have happened in, in my life. And I realized that I'm somebody who very much out of adversity comes opportunity. And what's making me really enjoy what I'm doing now is all the things that the obstacles I've overcome along the way. So when I have a really good day, I look back and I think, oh, yes, today's gorgeous. But the main thing was, I think, when I was in my late 40s, my daughter went off to university and I'd been a single mother for years since she was four, juggling full-time work um, as a journalist and bringing up my daughter. And I thought, this is me time. And I went packed to rucksack and uh, got a gap year from work and travelled solo around the world. And I mixed with people of all ages and I felt happy and free and in control and ageless. And the seed started then that when I was 60, I was going to retire and travel Great Britain. Mm. And that's that key of when you're doing something like that, of feeling ageless. I know that experience. I know that feeling. And you can't really describe it, can you? But there's something about mixing with other people. They have no judgment on you. They have no need to judge you. They just treat you as one of them, just another backpacker or traveler or whatever it is you're doing. And you are just one of the gang, one of the crew. And and it's just a wonderful, uplifting experience, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And that's how I felt. You know, there were 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds and and older. I was mixing with a lady who was 80, I remember, when I went to Laos and we all went on a little boat trip to some caves. And she was an incredible woman. She was 87, German lady. And I felt so inspired by her because she didn't give monkeys how old any of us were. We just were having the same experience together. And that's how I feel. We're all aging and we're all aging differently, but we're all having the same experience. So we might as well just get on with it and and do it the best way that we can Mm. and not be anti-aging. So when you took off around the world, was that before you hit 50, did you say, or just after? No, it was just before. I'd had um, a hysterectomy. I Mm. call it my hysterectomy because I've never been the same since I had it. (laughs) Uh, but I had my hysterectomy because I had cancerous cells or precancerous cells and my brother also at 53 had died from lung cancer so a combination of that and I must have been sort of perimenopausal and then of course I went straight into the menopause having had my hysterectomy Mm. with my ovaries so I was in a real pickle really so that's why I took the year from work and thought I just need some me time I need to get off the the wheel and find myself a little bit which I did do in that year but then I went back to work and life was very much sort of stressful and and Sorry, just bear with me. Someone's at the door. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being interviewed. Right. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. She's got milk. <laughs> Milky livered. I'm so sorry about that. That is wonderful. No, I love it. <laughs> That's the lady on the farm, Jan. She's fabulous. And oh. she just bought me my milk, which is great. Oh, I love that. <laughs> 
yeah, so, so I went back to work and got in a pickle really and got back on the treadmill again. So you so you had basically instant menopause or instant perimenopause because of your hysterectomy. So did that then leave you with constant perimenopause symptoms or long long lasting perimenopause symptoms? How long did that go on for and how were you dealing with that? Well, actually, when, when I'd had the hysterectomy, you then go dive bomb into what they call a surgical menopause. But of course, there was very little around then, unlike now, there's a mm. lot more, a lot more support for women. So I didn't realise what was happening with my mind and my body and my emotions and my hormones, yeah. even though the surgeon says, oh, yes, you'll go into the menopause. And I, I just completely lost myself. I call it my, I had a cotton wool head. I was weepy. I was angry with the world. And I just lost who I was and my confidence having Mm. experienced this amazing year going around the world here I was again just feeling awful and at that time I then began to experience ageism and being marginalized in the workplace and being made to feel old in the workplace and I didn't like that at all but I couldn't fight back because I was too weepy and too anxious so Mm. it, it was a horrible time for me really. When you're feeling emotional like that, whether that's because of of physical things that are going on or whether it is things that are going on in your head or hormone or whatever it is, you feel so vulnerable. And yeah, having people not understand what's going on with your menopause symptoms, you know, that's making you even more vulnerable, isn't it? Because you're just open to all sorts of, I want to say abuse. I mean, is is that how it felt? It's not, it's not just people not understanding me, myself, I didn't Mm. understand what it was. It's only since I've read extensively afterwards. And I look back and I think, oh, that's what it was. That's why I felt like that. So I just knew one day I found myself in the toilet at work, just hiding, sobbing. And I just thought, I'm I'm broken. I can't do this anymore. I need to find an escape plan. And that was really when the seed for doing what I'm doing now was really compounded. I got the initial thoughts when I was going around the world, but then it was, I can't do this anymore. So that's when it took me about four years to plan it all out. But I just thought, I need to get out of this. I can't carry on working. The moment I can retire, I'm going to. Mm. So you were planning it for those four years. Had you told anybody what you were going to do? Did you share it? Oh, gosh, I told anybody who listened, I told everybody, I'm going to buy myself a motorhome. I'm going to head off. I'm going to challenge ageism. I'm going to make people understand that aging is a positive thing. Because also at the same time, my sister died. She was 53 and she died of lung cancer. And so it was like um, my father died at 50 when I was 16. So all my people were dying so young. And I just thought we we need to embrace as much as we can aging. Aging is a positive thing. It's a privilege for those of us that can do. Mm. so I was going around telling everybody and I was saying things like you know one day I just want to stand on the edge of a lock and I just want to scream and get rid of all this pent-up emotion and frustration with how I felt at work and bereavements and just knocks I'd had along the way in life and, and find a positive way of living so when it came to when I was nearly 60 people started saying to me in the workplace you're really going to do this aren't you <laughs> And so I they think. didn't believe you beforehand or they thought that you were just having a pipe dream of some yeah they thought it was just Siobhan being Siobhan you know it's a, it's a menopause dream oh yeah. so you did it and and mm. what were their responses to you I mean what particularly family and close work colleagues 
you know, who perhaps have more of an impact on, you know, your belief in yourself? Mm. What were their responses to you? My daughter, Samantha, she is fantastic. She's always embraced all my crazy ideas. I mean, when I did my mature gap year, she came out to Australia and joined me as opposed to parents usually flying out. Yeah. To um oh, so she's wonderful. been very supportive from the beginning she did when I started taking bags and bags and bags of stuff to charity shops and giving things away it was like whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on but she came to stay with me early on in the process in the motorhome and she after the first night she just turned and she said to me I get it mum I get it I could do this I could live in this and that was validation for me it was great and she loves coming to stay with me But my colleagues as well, they'd seen what a rough ride I was having at work and how I wasn't, I was angry with life and angry with people and just challenging things and not really feeling like I had a voice or a role anymore in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they embraced what I was doing and wanted me to find that happiness that I was seeking. Wow, that is amazing. And, And just having that validation, having that support from the people that mean something to you, that's got to be really important. So you took off, you took off two years ago, was it, in your motorhome? Two years ago now, it's two years, four months um, I've been on the road. But choosing my motorhome was was a difficult thing for me because I hadn't got a clue, really. I'd got this idea, but I didn't know anything else. I just thought, right, get rid of your stuff, get yourself a motorhome. But I hadn't a clue what kind of motorhome. But when I walked inside this, it just felt right. It felt like the kind of space that I wanted to live in. I've got all mod cons. I've got shower, toilet, central heating, cooker, microwave, the lot. Mm. So I knew I could live in this. And I just packed it with a few things and headed off and wasn't really sure where I was going to go, what I was going to do. Or it was literally as fluid as that. My plan was to have no plan and to go with the flow. That's the best plan to have. I've learned that. I mean, as a teacher, I've, you know, I was years spent years planning and I think that filtered through into my adventure life my outdoor life where I would when I first began I started over planning and it doesn't pay because having that flexibility to go with the flow and warm to opportunities that present themselves people just turn up out of nowhere don't they and offer you a an opportunity it's like oh yes this is great and yeah if you've planned everything to the nth degree like I did in my first one it's very difficult to worm out of that but I, I think that's and great I think one thing I've learned through doing this is fundamentally people are good people are kind people want to help you mm. and I'm learning so much about life and people and myself at my own pace um, I've taken a lot of the pressure off me so I can spend time and get to know people and talk to people. And that's what I love. If I overplan, then I don't have the time because I'm saying, oh, I've got to move on. I've got yeah. to go and do this. And has it changed your view of people? I mean, did you have any prejudices? And I don't mean, you know, being prejudiced, but did you have any hang ups or thoughts about particular types of people? Maybe that this has now changed your view that you feel gosh yeah they are completely different to how I expected is it have you experienced any of that I I know exactly what you mean Mm. but I think I changed my view on people when I went traveling around the world Mm. because I was hanging out with people of all walks of life who ordinarily if I'm totally honest I wouldn't have stopped and talked to and yet I was finding out these were people with good hearts and I enjoyed the company and I learned so much from them at that time I was sort of feeling lost with myself and feeling 
particularly bullied at work and things. And I remember one young lad saying to me, you're only as bullied as you allow yourself to feel. You're only as scared as you allow yourself to feel. Yes. And I learned that from him. And that was just before I was six. And I've carried that in my heart ever since. And sometimes when I'm overwhelmed with situations, you know, even now, I just remember that. So and I would never have learned that had I not sat down on the side of a road one day when the bus broke down in New Zealand, just chatted to him for ages. So I've taken that into this adventure and this journey. I try and talk to as many people as I can, regardless of who they are, what they are. Mm. And I talk homeless people and people who are very affluent, you know, they're all the same when you get chit-chatting to them. We're all people, aren't we? Unfortunately, people are grouped into departments of society and and it shouldn't be like that we are all people and we all have the same basic needs and and kindness as well I'm fighting now because I don't want to be pushed into an age category Mm. we try and push people into like you said into the categories and we say um, 50 year olds 60 year olds 70 year olds 8 year olds Mm. Yes, we've reached those figures, the number of years we've been on this planet, but we're all so different. I've Mm. met 80-odd-year-olds who are far younger and more agile and everything than I am. And I've met younger people who are less agile. You know, we're all completely different. And that's what I'm trying to say out there. Let's not be anti-aging. Let's all allow ourselves to age the way that we want to and be pro-aging and be positive aging and do things that enhance the way we personally age. That is so powerful because, yes, I'm thinking back to when I was younger and I was just thinking how my mum would talk about the menopause. Oh, I'm going through the change or so-and-so is going through Mm. the change. You know, to me, that just felt like it was years and years away from me. And stop acting so old, you know, oh, you're just being, you know, you're just being like an old lady. Stop it. And, you know, and I think back now, it's awful of me to be thinking like that. But Perhaps younger people need to be educated about that as well, because I don't feel like I've had any education in menopause and ageing and what to expect and what to expect I can still do. You know, there's so many people that think, oh, yes, you reach a certain age and you can't do X, Y, Z anymore. And now I'm realising that's a complete load of tosh. (laughs) You're never, ever, ever too old for adventure. That's my main message I'm putting out there is do not be afraid to challenge yourselves. It doesn't have to be as drastic maybe as me getting rid of your flat and possessions and and travelling the country in a motorhome. It could be just learning to meditate every day. It could be doing just your own little personal journey. Mm. But you're never too old to embrace something new. And I feel strongly that we should be going into schools and we should be talking to younger people. Because if you go into school and you talk, say the words old or aging, the responses you get are all terribly anti-aging and negative Mm. wrinkles and crinkles. I've got wrinkles all over my mouth, my face. I've earned these wrinkles. I've laughed. I've loved. I've lived. And I'm proud of them. You know, they're a a medal of honour for what I've gone through. Mm. And I want younger people to start changing the narrative and saying, no, we don't want anti-aging creams, anti-aging shampoos. I mean, what's that about? It's crazy. You know, we want creams that will make us look the best that we possibly can and enhance us. And also the, the stuff that's out there for older people that maybe need handles on their doors to get up the steps to get in the housings a lot of them are beige and greys and just dowdy colors and dowdy fashions 
And I'm saying, you know, when you age, you don't beige. Let's have, you know, more dynamic colours, more drama in our lives. People are young at heart. Everybody keeps saying that. But they should be saying we're old at heart because old isn't a bad thing. I just, I love that. When when you age, you don't beige. And yes, I mean, it, why not have colour? I mean, whatever happened to that poem about, you know, you reach a certain age and you wear purple. Do you yeah, remember that yeah, poem? Yes, I can't remember how, exactly how it goes. But, you know, it's it's that ethos, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Well, what's the message then to younger women? What do we need to be, uh, how do we deliver it? What can we do? Well, for example, when somebody used to say to me when I was in my 30s and 40s, oh, you don't look 30, you don't look 40. And I'd be so flattered and say, oh, thank you very much. Mm. But now I, I stop people kindly, but just I say, but I do look my age. This is what 62 looks like. Mm. Everybody's got a preconceived of what we think 62 year olds look like. When my mother um, and father uh, ran an old people's home, I grew up in an old people's home that would 10 of us, eight children, my mum and dad, and 10 old ladies all in this big house. And I grew up in that. They took women from 60 and men from 65. So I'd already have been in a nursing home for two and a half years. And yet wow. here I am, there, and that we're aging differently. Society and medicine and everything has allowed us to age differently. So we're, we should be saying to the youngsters, you need to have a different perspective on life, a different narrative. We're aging differently. We've got better opportunities now yes. than they have been. Oh my gosh, yes. Is it when you put it like that? Yeah, going back to that time where people were coming into nursing homes or care homes. Did you say it was a care home as opposed to a nursing home? Um yeah, it was a care, it was an old people's home okay, they yeah, called. Yeah. So they're com- coming in at 60 and 65. We don't know many people unless they have a you know an underlying illness or condition. Yeah, yeah generally they are much fitter and doing more more active things. I mean, my husband, he will be 70 next year. And is still very active. And I can't yeah. imagine, yeah, him going off into a care home. <laughs> youngsters, it's not just the menopause, then life stops. I'm all about that voice afterwards. You know, there's a lot of talk there by people, especially celebs, about the perimenopause and the menopause. And But, you know, when you've gone through the menopause and you're 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, which many people are living to now, you've got another 40 years of mm. great living to do. So, you know, who's speaking for, for, for those people? Who's talking, you know, to them or about them? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say, you know, out the other side, there's loads of living to do. Let's get on with it and do it the best way that we possibly can. Oh, that, no, that definitely. That's brilliant. So I think you've probably answered my question, there, actually, because I was going to say, what can we do then to add weight and power to that pro-aging campaign or, yeah, the, that it is a campaign isn't it that's what that's what you're trying to do but what you know what can we do collectively to help you on on that I'm trying to be an inspiration to women I'm trying to stimulate a discussion about women in their 60s 70s well you know coming up to your 60s as well don't think when you're you're approaching the 60s it's suddenly all going to stop it just gets better and better and better so I think we need to have as much conversation like the menopause nobody talked about it you know when I was in the throes of it 10 15 years ago so get this discussion going. What do we do? How do we age as positively as we can? How do we make it the best that we can? And get that conversation going and have more and more women like me 
and you and and my friend Jo Mosley, who is a paddleboarder. She's amazing, showing that you can just really grab onto life and have these amazing adventures at, you know, at the end of your 50s, into your 60s and beyond. We don't just stop. We don't just sit there waiting for the pearly gates. You know, we've got a lot of living to do. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that is that is really powerful. And I have to say there, you are not trying to be an inspiration, Javon. You are an inspiration. <laughs> you said, I am trying to be. An, and I'm I'm sat here thinking, no, 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 you are. You really are. <laughs> well, I was recently in the Guardian newspaper and on um, Channel 5 telly. And I cannot tell you, I am blown away by the response. I've had hundreds and hundreds of emails from women who've opened their hearts up to me. There's so many women out there who are in their late 50s, early 60s, who want to have something that makes them feel alive and they don't know what to do. They're a bit afraid of doing it and they keep calling me brave. And what I want to say to them is they've got the bravery within Mm. them. I want to help them find it. I was scared. I was actually suicidal at one stage at work. I was that low. I was that down. And now I know how I feel now. I cry some days. I feel so happy. So I want to help those women on the same journey. I don't want them to feel the way that I felt. I want them to be able to find that inner courage, bring it out Mm -hmm. and have that adventure and feel that they're just going from strength to strength. And that's empowering for you. Empowering them is empowering for you as well, isn't it? Is it fills your soul knowing that, you know, you're getting this feedback from people saying, oh my goodness, you, you know, you are really pushing me, you're inspiring me to have a go and do this. Thank you. And yeah, having those messages. One woman actually wrote, that's it. You've inspired me. I'm giving my notice in on Monday. And I've saved that email because those are the kind of emails I'm writing a book at the moment. And I want to be able to refer to those kind of comments Mm. at the end of it. You know, this is the journey I'm on so far. And this is the response I'm getting from people. So it just makes me want to keep shouting even louder and even longer so that there's a tribe of us all going into our 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond with a renewed vigor for life. Oh, I love that. Yes. And I, yeah, I I love being in that tribe. I have to say now, you know, I've reached 50 this year and I realize that, you know, this isn't the end. This isn't a hill I've been climbing up and now it's downhill all the way. It's not nothing. No, no, no. It feels joyful. It feels good. And, and I know the menopause, you know, there are, you know, certain things that I'm navigating around perimenopause and, but that's fine. You know, there, there is support out there now that wasn't there perhaps 20 years ago and I'm grateful for that. And also there are an awful lot of people, women in particular, who I connected with when I was in the second lockdown. I was five months in a field on my own in Norfolk in the motorhome and I did question what I was doing at one stage Um, and then I reached out to inspirational women as well myself and did live Instagram feeds and Jo Mosley, who I mentioned before, was the Mm. first woman that I spoke to. And she's very much about women supporting women. And I've learned from her and I've met other women. And I love that tribe of women supporting women who are are helping each other rediscover ways of living the best way we can. Yeah, absolutely. And Jo's been on the podcast as well. And yeah, we've kind of collaborated together with a few things. And she is amazing. She is so Mm. supportive of other women and championing what they do and just really getting the message out there that and there's Rachel Peru she does out of the bubble podcast as well and she helped me she interviewed me on her podcast very early on when I was doing this and and I was wasn't really sure where I was going or what I was doing 
And she was very sort of reassuring and supportive. And she's all about women and their body image and, and, you know, embracing who you are. We're all on this journey. Love yourselves and love your lives. It's so important that we give so much of our energy to our jobs and to bringing up our family. Now it's our time. It's our time to thrive and feel the best that we can. Yeah, definitely. Oh, bring it on. That's good. So have you, in amongst all of this, have you had any moments where you've you've had difficulties that you've really powered through you know you've managed Mm. to struggle with it and then strive and and come through the other side particularly with your van life uh, Mm. you know how has that been has it all been a bed of roses or has it been (laughs) a a wave and multiple waves (laughs) it's been a bit wavy yes, yes definitely when I first started, I I really, like I say, I hadn't a clue what I was doing. I'd never travelled in a motorhome, never been in one before. So just the basic things like connecting to electricity and switching my gas on, I found very, very stressful. And when you arrive on different sites, you don't know where the water is or how to empty your wastewater. And if I'm truthful, I didn't fill my water tank properly for ages because I didn't know how to get the cap off it properly. Oh. Um, and I didn't know how to connect the what the um, what you call it, the hose pipe to go in it. And it was only when I was on one site in the Peak District, some guy took pity on me, came and showed me what to do, that I then started filling the water tank properly. <sighs> And I bet that was a game changer. (laughs) So it's the basic things like that. And also I did camp overnight once in a a pub car park because there was this app that you could go on. And I I realised that's not for me. I didn't feel safe. I didn't sleep at all. I was really scared. So I tend to stick to small sites. So I've learned, you know, the fear of that. I thought, no, I don't want to go through that night Mm. again. And then, oh, I got stuck in a field early on in the mud. And that wasn't good at all. It took hours, literally hours of very kind people getting me out. But I learned clutch control a lot better. I learned to check the ground before you go on it with your motor. Because these are blooming heavy. When you've got your water tank full and your petrol tank full, and I'm in in it as well to add to all the weight, you know, it's a heavy vehicle. And when it's stuck, it gets stuck. So that frightened me a little bit. And I've been scared on some of the single track roads in Scotland on the Isle of Mull, navigating those. But again, I've got braver as I've challenged those fears and Mm. overcome those fears. It's a great feeling. And then my main challenge, obviously, was the pandemic. When that was going to hit in the first place, the first lockdown, I was really fearful. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, I've given up my home. This is my home. And everyone's saying, go home, stay in your homes. But where do I go with my home? Mm. And I got really scared. But I managed to find a place in Lancaster where they let me stay. And then the second lockdown, I was there for nearly five months in a field in Norfolk. And I was really scared then. But I overcame that. How were people's attitudes towards you then during that time? Well, when I was in North Norfolk, they weren't happy at all. All they could see was a motorhome in a field. And they were shouting at me, go home. What are you doing here? Um, You shouldn't be here. And I was really scared. I didn't like that at all. Luckily, the people who own the field who'd given me permission to stay there gave me their names and phone numbers and sort of said, if anybody challenges you, give them my name and phone number. They can ring me. I'll explain. Because for them, the criteria was this was a CL site, a certified location site affiliated with the Caravan Club. And anybody who 
the the motel was their home and they were allowed to stay on there if they'd been there before lockdown. And I've been there before lockdown. I was working as a freelance journalist from my motel home mm. and it was my home. So I fit all the criteria to stay. But saying that, I was there for nearly five months and the locals in the end were very friendly. They used to walk past because the Norfolk Coastal Road went past the field and they used to say, oh, are you still here? Are you doing all right? And then they did a little di- drinks party for me at a distance uh, when I finally left after lockdown. Oh, how lovely. So it came it came around full circle yeah. and yeah, you left with good feelings as opposed yeah, to very yeah, feelings, negative. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Oh wow. So the whole the whole van life thing sounds like it's been one of the best things, the best choices you ever made. And yeah, you're moving forward with the positive aging. Yeah, um, definitely. I feel I have since I've embarked on all this, I have become the woman that I always felt I should have been. I've really learned. I feel empowered and especially since I've had the responses from from being in the media recently. I've learned that I have got a voice and my opinion is valid and I can say no when I mean no and yes when I mean yes. Yeah. The book then, Mm. if we just kind of segue into that, what will that focus on? You know, is it going to be all of the above, everything that we've talked about, or are you going to have like a niche thing that you're going to focus on or is it a memoir of what yeah tell us tell us about the book (laughs) Uh, well it's hopefully it'll be called ages fearless women you can do it too and I'm not going to tell you much about it I want people to get it and to read it and to find out what it is about but it will encompass a lot of things of how to age positively and have adventures and it's 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 a broad spectrum of what I'm doing but I'm not going to say any more than that okay Uh, that's I respect that that's fine but I'm just just the title actually ageless fearless women is it you can too you can do it too you can do it too that just that draws me in straight away and I know I know there's a lot of listeners on head right out who will really connect with that so yes I think you already what I'm doing and what I'm going to show in the book uh, and everything will people will read it and think oh my goodness yeah I can do that because it's not rocket science and I want them to think I felt like that I was in that place. That was a horrendous time. And look at her. She's come out the other side mm. and she's actually enjoying it. And that that's basically what the book's going to be from A to Z of how to get through all the, the rubbish that we have in our lives at times and find that nice place again. That's what we need, a handbook <laughs> on how to, how to age. <laughs> I, actually, there's something that I, I read in some of the information you sent me and it was the last line that I just laughed out loud and I thought I love this and I love Siobhan (laughs) and you love aging disgracefully that was (laughs) (laughs) and I thought yes 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 (laughs) when I was here last time I went with the farm uh, woman Jan her daughter came she's in her 30s she lives in Brighton but she came to stay for a few weeks and she took me to where they always swam as children in the River Stour. And we checked it out. It was safe. It was very deep. There was nothing underneath. And she got me to go onto this bridge and to jump in. And it was just so great. I mean, I can't remember when I last jumped in. People did message me and said, you know, it's dangerous. It's crazy. What have you. But we did ensure it was safe. Yes. But it's, it's just pushing my boundaries a little yes. bit more. Rolling down a hill. I did that in the summer. I haven't done that. I can't remember when. I did feel a bit nauseous when I'd 
you know, it's just, I want to live life just how I feel in the moment and do it. And I'm lucky I can do that. Yeah, you absolutely are doing that. And like you say, if your health allows you to do it, if your ability allows you to do it, then yeah, don't hold back. And I just, I feel the whole message of positive aging i am sat here and i'm just bubbling over at the moment i'm i've been grinning the whole time that we've been chatting and it's just it does feel so positive and yeah you are just oozing positivity so and, that, and it's genuine it's not just you know what you see is what you get with yes. me and what i try to be brutally honest on my instagram feeds you know if i have a bad day then i put that on if i have a bad day because we all have down days mm, but that's yeah. just life and i can have duvet days where i i just don't want to do anything and i lie under the duvet and i think oh goodness me it's such a chore and then the next day i'm running around like a headless chicken just enjoying getting on my bike cycling somewhere exploring and i've got the ability to do that and i'm saying to other women if you can physically do it then do it oh brilliant i love that so what what do you wish you knew then siobhan when you first set off there must be something that you've because you've learned so much about yourself and so much about your way of life now but if there was something that you wish you knew beforehand what would that be that i was going to get rid of all my hang-ups and emotions and things so easily I'll, I'll tell you a story I went up to Aviemore in Scotland very early on in this adventure and I did find the edge of that lock I used to talk to everybody about and in the middle of the night one night I went to the other side of the lock and the, the moon was sort of shining it wasn't full moon but it was bright enough and I howled like a wolf and I cried and I had the conversations that I would have had with my brothers and sisters and my mother who died six months before I did this so I was sort of grieved her and the conversations I would have had with my boss if I hadn't felt so lost with the menopause about how he made me feel you know how would you feel if your daughters were made the way that you, to feel that you made me feel mm. in the workplace it's just not acceptable when all I wanted to do was a good day's work all that kind of thing and I left behind all that tension and anger and everything and if I'd known how easy that was I wished I'd done it before mm. because then you're not carrying it around with you and it has such it has such an impact on your daily life and the way you feel about yourself I would imagine oh it was cathartic it was I've still used the the memories of some of those negative things as a something to spur me on to make sure nobody ever feels like that or, mm. or you know in the workplace there needs to be legislation for women in the menopause to stop senior people being able to behave in a certain way when they are struggling with life because mm. of our hormones that, but the, and that's being tackled by a lot of celebs at the moment that's the in thing but I'm lucky I've got through that I'm the other side of that saying you know you'll get through that and you'll be okay but it's important that people listen that there is hope afterwards there is a great life afterwards and we've got I've got another 40 years all being well to be living like this oh amazing so is that what's next I mean do you I know you don't plan but I know you're on a farm at the moment in the south of England yay so uh, do you have a plan for the new year or uh, any ideas about where you're going to head next I'm heading off, funny enough, tomorrow morning I'm going to my daughter's. 
and I cannot wait. I'm going to be spending Christmas with her. She's bought her first flat in Tunbridge Wells, um, where I was for 20 years before I started this. And I'm really looking forward to spending Christmas with her. It's a big contrast to last year because I was expecting her to join me in the field in Norfolk for three days for Christmas. And then the prime minister made the announcement at the last minute and I was heartbroken. Mm. I cried for a couple of days. I ate my way through the whole tin of Quality Street and I just felt so sorry for myself. So this year I'm going to have an amazing, we're going to sit there with bubbles and treats in front of her fire with a little dog going for walks and just having good girly chit chats oh that's going to be so special I yes I can just see it now (laughs) and then I'm house sitting at a a manor house for the new year that's 10 minutes down the road for my daughter in Sussex and I'm looking after two horses and two dogs and then my plan was vague plan because I don't know about to head back at the country, meander up the country towards the Outer Hebrides in Scotland. I wanted to be up there for February. But with the current situation with COVID, I'm literally taking every day as it comes. I'm not sure. Yeah, we don't know what's around the corner at the moment, do we? Because there there could be new new limitations. And yeah, as you say, you have to go with the flow on that. We're not back here to the farm. The farmer said I can come back if there's lockdown. So that's that's nice to know. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So you've got some support there. Wonderful. Okay, well, we're coming to the end of our conversation, Siobhan. But there's there's a question that I ask every guest, because this podcast, Head Right Out, is all about encouraging women to step out of their comfort zone. You definitely have done that. All about stretching ourselves and, you know, finding that we're capable of doing bigger things and, and how resilient we are. And so I'm wondering, do you have a Head Right Out moment where you stepped out of your comfort zone? and stretch yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of and then you came away from it feeling like whoa <laughs> and it can, it might be something you've already talked about but it could be something actually quite small um that had quite a big impact on you oh do you know there's so many mm. so that, that are coming to my mind I think running a marathon when I was in my 50s and crossing that finish line I went into a dark place with the menopause and the death of my sister when she died, when she was 53. And I was lying on the sofa at home, just in a deep depression, in a mess. And my daughter said, come on, mum, you said to me, out of adversity comes opportunity. Let's do something good from all this. Let's raise some money for a cancer charity. And so we trained for the Brighton Marathon. And I went from not running a yard to finishing it in five hours, two minutes. And I remember crossing that finish line just feeling so powerful, like I could do anything and I could face the world. And two years later, I ran the London Marathon as well. So I think those two things, crossing the finishing lines, doing a marathon in my 50s, just made me feel that I'm a strong woman and I can do this. Oh, I feel so proud for you. I mean, that is a huge thing, a huge thing. And yes, something I would love to do. And I did sign up for Brighton Marathon three maybe four years ago might be four years ago now and I had to pull out because of injury what year did you do the Brighton Marathon do you remember I don't remember um Uh, but you said it was your early 50s yeah it was my early 50s Mm. I'm trying because I did the London Marathon the year Mo Farrow did uh, the the London Marathon and it was the two years before then that we did the Brighton one so I'm I but I can't remember do you know I'm never very good at remembering dates and no. time. 
things like that for everybody because when I did the London one I ended up being put to start in what they call the elite athletes gate there was a, a, a different gates and so my family all thought this this was hilarious <laughs> obviously Mo and those had gone hours before but then they funnel you through gates and I was going through the elite <laughs> oh that's amazing I love it oh but congratulations Siobhan I mean that yeah that is such a big thing so brilliant well, is there anything else, anything else that we've not spoken about that you feel this burning desire to mention? Because, I mean, we, we've had so much that we could have talked about and we haven't. And I'm sure we're going to probably talk again. But yeah, is there anything you'd like to mention now? I'd just like to say to people who are listening out there, strive to have your adventure and to live life as positively as you can. But don't be afraid to ask for help and to ask for support to achieve your adventure. You don't have to be a one-woman band. There is a fabulous tribe of women out there who all want to help other women get the best out of life. We've all been through a lot of similar experiences in our lives. And so, you know, we help each other through the bad times, but there's also a lot of women want to help us through the good times. Mm. Big. That's powerful stuff. So thank you. Siobhan Daniels. This has been wonderful. We're going to put your socials in the show notes, uh, but where can they find you? Where can people come and find out more about what you're doing? I've got a website called Siobhan Shavoff. Um, so it's S-H-U-V-O-N-S-H-U-V-O-F-F.co.uk. That tells you more about me, what I'm doing and links to all my social media. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time Thank to come you. and chat to me, Siobhan. I've absolutely loved it. Well, just this, this, this is why I love doing the podcast, meeting and chatting, making friends and new connections, feeling inspired by people like Siobhan. She's challenging ageism. She's promoting positive aging. She's giving us all such hope that as we grow into our older years, we are literally doing that we're growing, we're learning, we are fostering that love of curiosity in our lives. And it's that curiosity to learn more and to develop, you know, that doesn't just stop when you retire. Neither does life stop at menopause. There's so much more out there for us. And yeah, I just love what Siobhan is doing and what she's about and what she stands for. And I think so many people that have seen Siobhan on the news and in the newspapers and listened to her on the radio and other podcasts or seen her on social media, I think they get this. And there is such a need for people to hear this message. So thank you, Siobhan. And yeah, let's all grow old disgracefully. Yeah, I think I'm going to steal that motto. I love it. So this week's head right out moment has come in from Charlotte Burnick. I spotted a post from Charlotte on a Facebook group and I got in touch with her because it just connected with me and I felt that this was a story you might want to hear. Here's Charlotte's story. A bit of background. I'm a personal trainer by profession, helping people overcome fatigue and pain to keep doing the things they love. 
I also run a mental health charity called Free Your Instinct that offers parkour for mental health service users. I love the outdoors. I love really knowing what my body can do. I had my first son in November 2018. Pregnancy wasn't hard, but the fatigue was crippling. I still tried to do as much as I could, and at four and a half months pregnant, my husband and I were hiking and cycling around in the Alps. After my son was born, I wanted to start running again. Previously, I would have knocked out 10k in 45 minutes without so much as a thought, but not anymore. I had slipped down the stairs four months after he was born and prolapsed, which puts a stop to anything over and above a brisk walk. But I worked really hard to get my pelvic floor health back to some degree of strength, and it was just getting to the point where I could jog across the car park to my car when I became pregnant again. And then lockdown struck. I was working for the NHS at the time, and being pregnant, I wasn't allowed to do anything that put me at risk of Covid so I did a lot of stuffing envelopes when normally I would be teaching people their exercise programmes. My youngest was born December 2020, and I thought to myself, right, we'll just Hugo away for December and then get cracking with baby groups and other things in January. Then Boris sent us into lockdown again. It felt like every time I've tried to take a step forward, we've just been pushed back by covid so it got to the point where it was just easier not to. I hate it. I've lost a lot of strength. My knees hurt and I'm always tired. My online personal training has suffered because how can I tell people to go out and be awesome when all I want to do is stay at home? No, I needed to pull myself up and get myself out. Going to the climbing wall was only a small step but a necessary step. I'm looking forward to having strength again, to having a sense of purpose in my movement again. I'm not where I used to be, but I am looking forward to the journey back. Charlotte, congratulations on making those first steps back to the climbing wall. The photograph that I saw wasn't actually of Charlotte, it was just of a coffee cup in front of this background of the bouldering wall, it looked like she was in the place where she needed to be to help inspire her and to motivate her to get back out and get her body moving again, doing what she needed to do. So I'll pop her links in the show notes and a couple of photographs as well. There's one of the climbing wall and a great photograph of Charlotte herself. Thank you, Charlotte. And don't forget, if you have your own Head Right Out moment you'd like to share with us, please send it over to me, zoe at headrightout.com or message me on any of the socials at Head Right Out. Okay, one last thing from me before I go. I had some amazing news just Thursday night, which was a couple of days ago now. That news was that Head Right Out has now been shortlisted into the Sports Podcast Awards. The shortlist was made by a group of industry judges, including Gabby Logan. Now, the final stage is down to the public vote. There's 24 categories and Head Right Out is in the best urban and adventure category. So this is where I need your help. 
If you love listening to Head Right Out, if you are enjoying the content that I'm bringing to you, if you appreciate the time I spend having conversations with the guests, then I am asking you if you could please help me by voting for Head Right Out. Please go and register at the Sports Podcast Awards. That's www.sportpodcastawards.com. And again, I'll put the link in the show notes to make it easy for you. You just need to register to vote and then you can click into the urban and adventure category and vote for your favourite out of the eight. So there's eight podcasts in each category. You can listen to all of the 10 minute clips if you wish to, but if you're pushed for time, you should just be able to go in and vote for Head Right Out as your favourite. If you could do this, I would really appreciate it. And while it's not the be all and end all, it does make a difference with helping to build the show. And I still can't believe that after just 14 episodes, I'm even here asking you for support like this towards winning an award. It just feels a little bit surreal. Anyway, you can view the leaderboard to see which shows have made it into the top three of each category on that website. And I believe that for the last two weeks, the leaderboard goes dark. So no one knows the final outcome until the online ceremony in March. The public vote, I think, finishes at the end of February. So we've got a little bit of time, but I really would like to start getting that vote ball rolling sooner rather than later. At the end of the day, it's not why I'm doing the show, but please know it would really help. And I'm also super honoured to be shortlisted alongside two other friends, Sarah Williams of the Tough Girl podcast and Joe Mosley of the Joy of Sup podcast. Funnily enough, if you've listened to all the episodes, you'll know that both Sarah and Joe have both been on Head Right Out, episodes three and six, I think, if I remember right. So I am wishing them both masses of luck in the public vote too. It's not a competition. It's just, I, I just feel honoured to even be in this position. Okay, so I know I fumbled my way through that last little request. But yeah, if you find you have a moment where you can go to sportpodcastawards.com and vote for Head Right Out, I will be forever grateful. Thank you so much. Righty, that's enough from me today. I am looking forward to being back with you next week with another amazing guest, Joe Bradshaw. And we'll be covering all things mountains and menopause and all the fear-facing stuff in between. It's an amazing conversation. Spend some time thinking about what you can do to start pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. What can you do to head right out, to help you build your resilience, to help you spread your wings and become a stronger version of you? And if you can't do it alone, whose support do you need to call upon to help you do this? You don't have to do everything alone. That's not about being strong. And if you're stuck, come and join us in the Head Right Out Hub Facebook group. You can ask for the support of women there who understand what you're going through. Some who still want to step out of their comfort zone. And so know how you're feeling and others who have done it already and have some inspiring stories to share and tips on how you might be able to take those baby steps. Go on, go and be amazing and be kind to yourself. If all you need to do to head right out this week is simply going for a walk on your own around the local park, or go swimming, 
on your own or just heading off to the gym, that can be quite a scary place for some people. Then do it. It doesn't have to all be extreme sports or mega challenges. Micro bravery is just as important to keep our resilience healthy. Have a wonderful week. Head right out hugs to you all.